Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it out. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. All right, good morning. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 17, Exodus 17. And actually, can you bookmark 1 Samuel 17? Because uh, we're going to be going there in a minute. And if you don't have a physical Bible, but you'd like to own a physical Bible, we have free Bibles that will be at our info bar. That's what we're going to call our welcome center, the info bar. So on your way out, you grab one. It's totally free. No strings attached. You can have it. But the reason we're doing that is because we want you to get on the Bible app. And so if you don't have the Bible app, here's what I'm going to say right now. If you got Facebook and Instagram on your phone, but you don't have the Bible app, get the Bible app on your phone. It's great. And so and here's the thing. Yes, you can, you can click more. You can click events. Go to Life Church Green. Bay. But the app has uh, Bible reading plans. It has weekly scriptures. It has a search engine, which I got to be honest with you, while I was studying this message, I used that search engine like six times. I was like, what's that scripture again? Oh yeah. So the Bible app is fantastic. And I think it's really, really important for us as we're getting into the Bible. If you're watching online, we are so glad you're here. We're so glad you're watching with us. I'm so glad you guys are here as we're continuing in this series called Battle Ready. But before I get into today's message, uh, I want to talk about something that we're going to start doing uh, starting next Monday, October 30th. And as a church, we typically do a 21-day fast at the beginning of the year to start the new year right and, and just to go into the new year the right way. But we feel like with everything happening right now in Israel, like everything that's going on, I, we just feel it's urgent to start now. Like we need to not just pray but like we need to fast and pray and believe that God's going to do a mighty thing in this holy war. There's an urgency in that. So from starting October 30th until November 19th, we're going to be doing a Daniel fast. And if you go to our website, we have a link. You can look at that. But a Daniel fast is a partial fast, meaning some foods are permitted and others are restricted. So for some of us, we've never done a fast like that. Sometimes we do Facebook, we do Netflix, but like we're really encouraging people to try something that may take you out of your comfort zone. And because when we get taken out of our comfort zone, we got to lean on God more than we ever had. Amen. So I'm challenging you. God challenged me. He goes, I want you to do an old school Daniel fast. I'm like, all right, okay, yeah, I can, I think I can do that. So, so I'm hoping and praying, whatever God challenges you to do, I just pray you're obedient with it. So, so we're in our fifth week of this series and, and week one and two, Pastor Sean like laid it out about what is going on. Like there is a spiritual battle, whether we can see it or not, whether we believe it or not, there is a spiritual battle happening. And he talks about demons. He talks about possessions and being alert even as, uh, as believers because the, the, these demons and these evil possessions can come like wolves. And then Pastor Sonny came and she talked about the armor of God and not just explaining the armor of God, but praying the armor of God. And I love it because some of us have already started doing that and started praying the armor of God in our lives on a daily basis. Pastor Barry came and threw down some wisdom on what to do and why are we getting attacked. And today I want to talk about a scenario that I don't just think that some of us are in, but most of us are in. And I think for a lot of us, we're in the middle of a battle. 
That right now we've heard about it, but we've been going through it. And for some of us, we don't know where the end is. We don't know why it's happening. We don't know what to do. And that's what I want to talk about this morning in the message I'm calling, this is how I fight my battles. Can we pray? So Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for bringing people here. Lord, thank you for bringing people here who are going to not just hear your word, but they're going to obey your word and they're going to do what it says. And they're going to take it outside these doors into their life, into their family, into their neighborhoods, into their workplace, knowing in all things, whatever comes our way, Lord, you're going to teach us how to fight our battles. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you remember how glorious it was to get both of something? Like maybe you're a kid, you maybe got some good grades. Parents take you to the toy store and they say, you know what? You can get both. You can get Leonardo and Donatello. And you're like, really? Oh, man. Or maybe you got grown and you went and had Thanksgiving. You say, no, I'm a grown up. I want to have turkey and ham because I can. And we're going to. I don't care what your parents did. This is what we're doing. Or maybe you're a person, you say, you know, I'm going to eat, my, I'm going to have my cake and I'm going to eat it too. Or maybe, I mean, how glorious was it when you saw this for the first time? I mean, when you found out that middle rod, it gives you both. Wait, I get ice cream, but I can get vanilla and chocolate with the middle one. Like what? How do they do that? How is that possible? I mean, having both is great. And when I was going over this message and, and I was kind of debating on which passage of scripture, I had two scriptures in my mind and I was like, I could go in this direction and go in this direction. But then I was like, just said, you know what? Why don't I do both? So if you're taking notes, I believe there are two ways we can fight any battle. Whether you're in the beginning of a battle, in the middle of a battle, or you're in a battle that doesn't feel like it's going to end. I really feel there are two scriptures that will give us two examples on how we can fight in every battle. But to get to the first point, we got to read Exodus chapter 17. And I'm going to start reading in verse 8, and it says this. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, or Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek, Amalek in battle. The first way we fight our battles is in the act of surrender. Just to recap, we have the Amalekites and the Amalekites were this nomadic group that were known for surprise attacks, which sounds like something we go through with our battles because for sometimes when we're in a battle, we feel like it came out of nowhere and it came quick. Then Moses asked Joshua to choose some men and he wasn't being prideful. He wasn't saying like, yeah, just take a couple. He, he knew that not all the Israelites were fighters. 
were warriors. And so he didn't want to just, you know, take numbers out there and some people are killed. So he had to take the right people there. So this nomadic warriors who are known for their surprise attacks are going up against a group that could be outnumbered. And the Amalekites may have traveled actually farther south because they heard that these Israelites are by themselves. So this looks like an easy, quick job. We'll take them out, we'll take their things and we'll move on. But Moses says, in the middle of the battle, I'm gonna hold up the staff of God. Now, the reason it's called the staff of God is because Moses was obedient to whatever God told him to do with the staff. I mean, we see in Exodus, he tells him to throw the staff on the ground. It turns into a snake. He tells him to use a staff on the plagues. In fact, when they're escaping from the Egyptians, he uses a staff to part the Red Sea. And in this scripture, he uses a staff to raise his hands up to win the battle. And church, when we're in the middle of the battle, God is asking us to fight our battles in the posture of surrender. Because in the act of surrender, it reminds us that we're not fighting for him, but we're fighting with him. In fact, we're surrendering all to him so that he can move through us and out of us into the battlefield. So we need to stop thinking that we need to do this battle for him with our might and with our will and with our expertise. He's saying, I don't need that. I just need your surrender. I just need you to get to a place where you realize I'm not enough, but you are more than enough. So I'm gonna surrender to all that you are so that you can do all things in all situations. So he's asking us to be in the act of surrender. Psalms 18:39 says, you, talking about the Lord, have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. See, God will help us fight our battles when we surrender to him. But there's two things that kind of stick out into the scripture that reminds me that when you're battling in the place to surrender, number one, don't do it solo. Here's what I love. Moses says he brings Aaron and her with him. He brings his friends up. And we need to be people who surround ourselves with a community of believers. Because the reality is we can start the battle with our hands raised, but then after time, it just seems like there's no point. We might as well give up. We're too weak. We're just done. We're just gonna give up. But we need people who remind us don't give up and they're gonna hold our hands up. That's why it's so important that we have ourselves with believers who believe in you and what God can do in you. And here's the thing, I don't want you to, to think that I, I'm saying to stop listening to your family and stop listening to those friends you've had some high, since high school. I'm not saying that. But sometimes we need people in our lives who will look past our past patterns and believe for future purposes. Like you need to have people when, when you just wanna give up, they go, oh, that's just something he goes through. Oh, that's just how she is. Just give her a moment. No, you need some ignorant believers who are going like, why are you acting like that? Can God do it or not? Can God do all things? Come on, get the hand up. Get it up. Come on. Oh, you're tired? All right, sit down. We'll, we'll get you. And you're like, well, I don't have those people. I, that's all I have. I'm glad you, you said that. Because look around. You're surrounded by other people who need you as much as you need them. You're like, well, do you want us to give up and just start getting to know each other? No, well, not really, not right now. But that's why I love what we do here every week. 
We are so about community because we know how healthy God wants this church to be. He doesn't want you just coming and coming out. He doesn't want attendance. He wants community. He wants health. And so when you see a small group go, I'm going to do it. Oh, they got on Tuesday. I got nothing going on Tuesday. I'm going. Or here's the thing. Wait, I know one person said, I work at nights, so I can't get a part of community. Well, actually, you can. It's called serving in the area. Wait a minute. Hold up. How am I going to get friends with people and have a community when I'm serving? Well, you shouldn't do that solo. You shouldn't be like, all right, I'm going to be over here. Don't bother me. Like there's a group of people that you're serving together with that, you, that God's saying, hey, learn their name. Get to know them because there's going to be a time where you don't feel like coming to church, where you don't feel like being around believers, where you feel like giving up and that community's going, hey, where are you? Like you need to have some friends that will knock on you, your door and say, we're going to church. I don't want to go to church. I don't care if you don't want to go to church. You need to go to church. Like you need those people in your life that will keep your hands up. So when we're in the middle of battle, we can't do it solo. But the other thing I noticed in the scriptures is it also shows us that we need to see it through. He says his hands were held steady until sunset. So whatever your sunset is, hold the surrender. See, because you have to remember, don't diminish God's power because of God's timing. Like in the beginning, we can go like, oh, he's a strong God. He's going to do it right now. But what if he doesn't? Does that mean he's a weak God? No, because when you see it through, he gives you more than results. When you see it through, that's the opportunity for God to mature you. When you see it through, that's for God to, to bring clarity and wisdom and understanding. When you see it through, that's when God starts to purge out some selfishness and some stubbornness and some disbelief. When you see it through with your hands held high, he wants to do more in you than you thought was possible. But you gotta see it through. So you gotta surround yourself with people who say, no, no, your battle's not done yet. God's not finished, but when he's finished, you're gonna come out more than a conqueror in him. It says in Psalms 27, 14, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. I love what the Hebrew word for, for wait is. It's kowa, which means to hope in. That makes that scripture even more powerful. Hope in the Lord. Yes, be brave and courageous. Hope patiently for the Lord. You gotta have hope and belief that he will get you through it and he will make you greater than you thought could ever be possible. So when I'm in the middle of a battle, when you're in the middle of a battle, don't try to do it for him, just surrender all to him and let him do whatever he needs to do in you, amen? amen. All right, point number two we're gonna find in 1 Samuel 17. So 1 Samuel 17 is, is a little further than Exodus, but if you're like, I don't know, here, that's why you need the Bible app. You can just go boop, 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 and it's there. You're right there. But I'm gonna put it on the screens. 17, we're gonna talk about the story of David and Goliath. Um, but before we get into it, I wanna, I'm gonna kind of be all over the place. So it's a great chapter, I think you should read it. But verse four says this, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. It's interesting that we get a lot of dimensions on Goliath, right? 
Like maybe a lot of people were talking about him. Like, look at this dude. Look how big he is. Look how heavy that is. Look at that, look at that, that weaver's rod, which I don't, what's a weaver's rod? But it got people's attention. Look at that thing he's got on his back. Look at, the, look at the guy in front of him. Oh man, we ain't gonna be able to beat this guy. Like it's funny that they had details on something because it had their attention. Like everyone was talking about it. And it's funny because sometimes that's what happens in our battles. We know the exact details when we're in the middle of a battle. Like when that diagnosis comes, you know every detail. In fact, you learned a new word about that diagnosis. You're like, what, what, what do you have? I have muscle bellosis. Like I've never even heard that word before. Yeah, me neither until I got it. You know the last thing your spouse said to you when you got in that fight. You could quote it better than you can quote scripture. Oh, I, oh, I remember what she said. Yeah, every, no, I remember what he said. Uh-huh. Every word. He started here and he ended here. We know the details of the things that have our attention. We know the thing that we're battling, we're struggling with. We know every single detail of it because it has our focus. Now, I want to skip ahead, but I, I want to kind of give you um, kind of like a short uh, story before we get into the verse. So, so after the verse four, uh, we, we hear about David coming. And, and the scripture says that David comes because his father, Jesse, told him to come bring like a charcuterie board to his brother. It was like, he said, bring some nuts, bring some cheese, just, just go feed your brother, he's hungry. And so he goes and he, I mean, everyone's talking about Goliath. Oh man, we're gonna lose today. Yep, we ain't gonna win this battle. He's big, he's got all this, he's got a weaver's rod, he's got a guy in front of him, like a bunch of shekels, it's too much, we're not gonna be able to fight this battle. And, and it kind of draws um, David's attention because he hears that this man has been just, you know, talking about God's people and he's, he's not having it. So he goes to King Saul and says, hey man, I just want you to know, uh, I'll go fight the giant. And King Saul says, whoa, 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 uh-uh. You're just a boy, which I love that both scriptures, it just seems like on paper, it's not gonna make sense. On paper, this shouldn't work. On paper, we've already lost, so why even try? On paper, it just seems like there's no hope. We might as well pack up and go. And I know that the enemy would love to tell you that on paper, you have no right to even think you can have a victory. But God makes the way in all things. So here's what I love. David reminds him of past victories. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you, I, I'm just a boy, but you need, to, you need to know what the Lord's done in me. See, the Lord used me to fight a lion and a bear. And here's what I love. David assured him in the battle that he could be victorious because of past victories. And it's, isn't it funny when we're in the middle of something, we forget the past victories? Like we forget the past things that God has been victorious in. Like when we're in the middle of it, we were like, nope, all is lost. God doesn't love me anymore. And it's like, whoa, do you not forget what he did before? Do you not forget how you became a Jesus person? Do you not forget what it took to get you in these doors? There's been victories. Don't believe that victories have run out. God has victories for you. So the king says, all right, fine, go. You know what, put some armor on. And the scripture says he tries to put the armor on. He goes, it's too heavy. I don't actually, I don't, it's not comfortable. I don't like it. I'm not gonna wear it. And he's like, what are you gonna do? I got a sling, I got some rocks, I'm good to go. And you could tell the king's like, all right. I'm just saying, <laughs> try to warn him. And then he goes up, kind of, you know, steps up to Goliath, looks at him, and it's, the scripture says that Goliath is insulted. Like, this is, this is the dude you chose to fight me? And here's what I love. 
Verse 45, 1 Samuel 17. After Goliath is insulted, David responds like this. David says to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. I love it. He goes, I heard about your sword. I heard about your spear. I heard about javelin. I know the weight. I know all this stuff. They can't stop talking about it. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your heads. You didn't learn that in kids' church. The, this very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. The second way we fight our battles is in the act of declaration. See, David fought a physical battle with a spiritual declaration. And because of that, I'm going to spoil it for you. He wins the battle and he cuts off his head. He wins. The boy who had no chance won because he didn't do it by his might. He did it by the Lord's might and he walked in declaration. Zechariah 4, 6 says, So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord of Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power. So God's saying, I don't need your might. I don't need power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Which is interesting because Pastor Barry talked last week about Ephesians 6, that the sword of the spirit is what? The word of God. That's so we, God's saying, these are our fighting words right here. When you don't know what to say, that's when you got to go to the word. So in every battle, we need to declare the word over our enemy. But to declare the word, there's two things you need to remember. One is this, God doesn't want you just to read the word. He wants you to know the word. Meaning he doesn't want you just to have it up here and just check it off a box and get it done. But he needs you to get to a place where you read the word and you ask yourself the question, what does this mean and how can I apply it to my life? Because in Psalms 119.11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. See what happens when we do more than just know the word, but we apply the word, we allow the word to birth things out of us. So some of you think that you're gonna be stuck in that addiction, but when you do them more than just read the word and you know the word and you apply the word, God says, then I can take that out of you because I'm producing new things in you to declare, but not just, you don't just need to read, know the word, you need to believe the word. Here's the thing, church. I know sometimes we go in here and we go, you, you trying to tell me a dude was stuck in a fish for three days? Are you, are you trying to say that? How is that scientifically possible? I don't know. That's how great our God is. He could do crazy stuff, write it down and tell everyone about it. Hold up, are you trying to tell me that there was a dude that walked on water and then another dude said, hey, come, can I come? And he's like, sure, come. And he walked, and are you trying to say, I mean, were they maybe on something? Was maybe Matthew doing a little, you know what, when he was writing this? No, because God can and will do all things. So we need to believe in the word. Why? Because if we can believe it, then we can believe it's applicable to today. That if he could be powerful back then, if he could bring things from the dead, then why can't he do it today? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, so why not? 
So we gotta believe this word. We can't just go, nope, 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 no. We gotta read it and believe it. And you gotta do more than just underline it. You gotta apply it and make it a part of your life. It says right here in Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, but even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. How are we gonna put it into practice? We're gonna declare it over our enemy. We're gonna take his word and in the middle of our battle, declare what God says. So I know I got the diagnosis, but by his stripes, I am healed. That's 1 Peter 2.24. I know the bank statement, but he will never leave me nor forsake me. That's Hebrews 13.5. I know I'm battling temptations, but I am more than a conqueror through him who loves us. That's Romans 8.37. And I can go on and on. I know I'm lost. But he has found me and he will make a path straight for me when I trust him and not trust me. That's Psalms 3, 5, and 6. We got to know the word because we got to battle with the word and we got to declare the word over our enemies. So when you see the enemy in front of you, don't be afraid because God's not giving you a spirit of fear. He's giving you a sound mind and the soundness of your mind can be found in the declaration of his word. I want to close with this. John 16 Verse 33, uh, this is Jesus kind of getting his disciples ready for what he's about to do. Like in a moment, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna get sacrificed. I'm gonna die on a cross. But in a couple days, I'm gonna do something crazy that people are gonna have a hard time believing. But I need you to get ready. He's talking to him. And then in verse 33, he says this. I have told you all that's gonna happen. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Meaning don't freak out. Don't get worried because you think I'm gone. I'm not gone. You can have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. I'm sorry, but the reality is it doesn't say if and maybe. It says when here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. You know what take heart means? It means to stand up against danger. It means to be brave in the middle of the battle. Why? Because we serve a God who's overcome the world. That's everything. That's everything you can think of. Again, all of our troubles are on this world, right? We can't think like, I got some space troubles. No, all the problems we got are here. And God says, don't worry about it because I've overcome all of it. So what do we need to do? We need to remind ourselves because he's overcome it all, I'm not doing things for him anymore. I'm surrendering to him. I'm saying, God, the God who can and will do all things, who've overcome the world, I surrender my life, my insecurities, my failures, my fears, my, my everything to you. And I welcome you to do what you need to do in my battle. And I'm gonna get your word and I'm gonna know your word and I'm gonna speak out your word so that I can speak it over my enemies. So I don't walk in fear because I got God's word in me. So when people try to tell me negative things and they're gonna try to tell me, no, don't think that, don't believe that, don't pray that, like, sorry, I got his word in me. And this word is so confident. It's the most cocky friend you got is in this word. Where you're like, I don't know about that. Like here, God be real with you. I've been reading Psalms lately. And I'm like, and there's a moment where I was like, God, why do you let David talk to you like that? Because he has my heart. And when he has my heart, he has my confidence that he can be him with me. God doesn't need you to church up your talk. He needs you walk in confidence because of what this says about you and about me. So in every battle, we have the solution. We have the cheat code. I'm going to lift up my hands, not just here, 
hear me on this. I don't want you going home and going like, it's not working. It's not working. No, this is a posture of surrender where you get to a place where you say, God, I can't do anything without you. So I surrender all to you. What is it in me that you need out of me so that you could come in? I surrender. I'm not living my way anymore. I'm living your way. And I'm gonna start walking in the promises of your word because I need to win. God needs you victorious. Here's the thing. This city needs you victorious because they need to know God is still the same God today that he was yesterday. Your family needs to know that God is the same God today that he was yesterday. Your neighborhood, your workplace needs to know, Green Bay needs to know that God is the same God today that he was yesterday. And the only way they get to see that is when they see it in us. Can I pray with you? Can I have you bow your heads real quick? So here's the reality. See, God wants to do all things through you. And just like I said, with the posture of surrender, some of you may ask yourself, God, what do I need to do? And, and God's gonna say right now, I need you to accept my son. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is getting to a place where you say, you know what? I'm not playing church anymore. I'm not playing Christian anymore. I need Jesus to be the center of my life. I need him to be my Lord and my savior because that's what he did. When you read about Jesus, he came to this earth, not just to be really wise and do some cool miracles, but he came to be that ultimate sacrifice that we needed, that sacrifice that kept us, because sin separates us from God. It's the reality. No matter if you've done a lot of sins or a little sins, it separates us from God because he's a perfect and holy God. But Jesus came, he became the sacrifice and overcame death so that we can be in right standing with God. And so with everyone head bowed, eyes closed, I really feel strongly that some of us, the reason we've never made the step in salvation is we feel like we've been attending church too long and we would feel too embarrassed to do it. But I'm telling you, God wants to do some amazing things in your life. And he doesn't want you to think he's talking about some, he's talking about all. All who will believe, all who accept, all who will surrender can have the power the word talks about. So in a moment, we're gonna do one of two things. If you're in here and you're saying, no, I, I've, I believe in Jesus, but I've never give, given my life to Jesus. I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus, but I want him to be my Lord and Savior. You're gonna do one of two things. I'm gonna have you in a moment, just raise your hand and you can put it down and then we're gonna say a prayer together. A prayer, a prayer just welcoming into our lives to be the center of our lives. So after you, you're saying, I've never done that, but I wanna do that right now. Can I just have you raise your hand real quick? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Come on, love it. Yep, thank you, yep, I see you, thank you, thank you. All right, thank you, thank you. Come on, let's do this. All right, church, can we say this over here? Yep, thank you. Church, can we say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life, change me, make me new. Be my Lord, be my savior in Jesus name, amen. Here's the thing, I, I don't want you just to say that prayer and go, all right, I'm good. That's step one. We wanna help you. We wanna get you to where you are, to where God wants you to be. So if you've made that prayer for the first time, can you just do me a favor, fill out that hello card in your seat front pocket. 
I don't know if we have the QR code we can put up real quick, but scan the QR code, you could do it digitally, and, and just check, I'm, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. In fact, if you write a hand note, I'm gonna write you a note back on how we could help you from where you are to where God wants to be. We have every first and third Sunday, we have uh, um, 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 Discover Us, and every second and fourth, we have Foundations, and Foundations is how we can help you grow in your Jesus journey. And it's always during second service. So if you're like, I need to get plugged in, I need more information, uh, next week, come, come first service and be a part of that second service so you can be in a community of people so when the battles happen, people can help you keep your hand up. But we're gonna do one more thing. And maybe you're in here and you're saying, Pastor Dallas, I, I am a Jesus person. I just became a Jesus person. But I'm in the middle of a battle. And man, I'm struggling. I'm struggling right now because I don't think I can get out because I've been trying to do things for God and I haven't been doing things with God and I wanna start walking in the act of surrender and walking in the act of declaration. If that's you, can you just stand with me? And I want you to start just lifting your hands right now, even before we get into a song, because I don't want you to think, okay, we just, we're gonna sing our way through it. No, no, no. Worship is, is, is just, again, in the act of surrender, and then we're gonna put up some lyrics that are biblical. It's not like our opinion. You're gonna, you, can, you can Google a lot of these lyrics and you're gonna find it in the Bible. So what we're doing is in this next part of worship, we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship and say, you know what? I, I'm in the middle of a battle and I'm going to fight my battle in the act of surrender and the act of declaration. But here's the thing too, maybe you're in here saying, I'm not going through anything right now. But man, I want this to be a new pattern. I want you to stand with us too. Which is funny because now that means everyone needs to stand up. So you're like, okay, I guess I'm option A or option B. Why? Because here's the thing we need to see too. You need to know that you're surrounded by people. That, that when they go through stuff, this is how they fight their battles. When they go through things, this is how they, because so then you know, I'm not alone. I don't go to a church that's just with weak Christians. I'm a part of a church with people who walk boldly and worship passionately and fight every battle with him in every situation. So when I surrender, I welcome him in. And when I de declare, I let him out in everything. So Jesus, as we go into this time of worship, this time that's more than just singing, I pray, Lord, that this would be our new posture. This is how we fight every battle, every situation from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's battle together. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew on That. The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.